Welcome back to Don't Call It a Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan. We're halfway through Memories of Ice. Book three of Malazan Book of the Summer mm-hmm. is the official is the official name for the series. Right. Um, we have read up to chapter 15. I think that's like one chapter into part three, but yes. that's where we have stopped yes. for this and episode. Before we get into the book, Luke, I want to get warmed mm-hmm. up a little bit. And I've got I've got a question for you. And I I'm curious I'm curious your perspective on this. And the question is are there any books that we've read that you think like the story potentially would be better in a different format? Different so, format being like instead of a book it's like a narrative podcast or a movie that kind of thing yeah bold to go narrative podcast is your first one i'm saying yeah like but that's a sure adoption a radio program a movie a tv show things like that and i think <laughs> I, I can i just say i realized after you said that that a narrative podcast is just an audiobook but um i don't really have a but that's it but okay so I think we've seen examples of this where I think some people would argue that the like TV version is better than the book. Like I think some people would argue the TV adaptation of like Game of Thrones they might prefer to the book or like The Witcher a lot of people are loving that TV series. So we have some that are like both, like TV and books. I think this this book that I want to propose to you as like something i think would be a a good movie okay we haven't seen a movie of it yet the black prism i and i think the key reason why this would be so dope as a visual format is because it's all color based (laughs) that's true and I feel like the I, reveals, like, you know how the re- there's a reveal where they, like, mm. are the same? Yes. I'm Okay, so I'm trying to answer this question without, like, dunking on books. Because I feel like, <laughs> I feel like the answer for this would be, like, if the idea of this story is bad, but it's poorly written or something. Mm. But I don't, I don't think that's necessarily the case for, for some of these. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like your point about Black Prism just because visually it'd be really cool. Yeah, it would be intense. Like all the all the colors and stuff and you could picture it. Well, it would be shown to you. So it'd be, it'd be dope, <laughs> I do I think. think I do think The Witcher for sure. Mm-hmm. It, A, because, okay, so we've read the first two like collections of short stories. Mm-hmm. And I liked the show more and... I haven't played the video game a ton, but I think I would like it more. So mm-hmm. that's kind of a a, a, a given. I'm going to give a hot take here. Mm-hmm. And it's not... Okay, it's not actually that I think that this would be better. Because I'm going to say the Cradle series and the, the, the medium is going to be video game. Mm-hmm. And okay. again, to be clear... The, I love the Cradle books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. video game would not be better than the. Than the <laughs> well, books. Luke, hold on. We don't know that. Right. True. It could be outstanding. But here's what I'm picturing in my head. It like lends itself so well to like an MMO 
RPG kind of game where you have like so many, it's essentially what it is, right? You have a bunch of people trying to level up and dunk on each other the whole time. Right. Ooh. And you have like cool tournaments that happen. You've got cool tournaments. The levels just basically go up forever. Um, Here's... I think that there's a good opportunity here to make like a story mode mm-hmm. where the bosses are really difficult because they're like one level above you mm-hmm. or something. Mm-hmm. Right. You do like Linden's journey. Or it's, it's like, like a team, a team thing. Yes. Right? Yes. Here's what I will say, though, that I would want in a game like this. I don't think any of our current consoles out there have the capability. Actually, you could probably design a little add-on. It needs to come with like a shot caller or something. Because I think part of the thing about Linden's journey that makes it so cool is like how much suffering he goes through to level up. And so I feel like some players like you could you could trade off getting a big shock for like leveling up quicker you know what i mean <laughs> right so instead of instead of pay to play yes oh no no no. it's pain to play it's like pain to play yeah love that yeah and so the people who are super high level you're like oh dang <laughs> you must have great health insurance because that is risky my friend right yeah okay because the it's either a grind Mm-hmm. to level up or or <laughs> you're getting like tased <laughs> right you accept the tase it's uh, you know what like when linden gets his ironborn body and he gets mm-hmm. he gets like his heart stopped i'm envisioning that you know sure you've sure. got to have that experience to get the full immersion into what it's like to live in this universe i think that's a good idea i i don't foresee any lawsuits Mm-mm. Um, no issues with a pain-based video game. Hey, I didn't say this had to be a legally sound medium that we were creating for right our thing. Okay, <laughs> like if we want to make a gladiator <laughs> battle out there, and we think that would be a better way to tell the story, then all right, sure. Good, yeah, good, a good choice of example. So that's my that's my thought. Mm. I'm sure that there are more. I like that. I like that. And I think here, if you're listening, one pops into your head of like, what is a book that we have read on the show that you think would be a better radio program, movie, video game, whatever. Hit us with it. Tweet at us. Let us know. Facebook, wherever. Reddit. Let's get some producers on this, huh? Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We've already talked For about sure. an Aragon movie on the show, and we're working on that. Aragon reboot coming soon. Um, let's talk now about Malazan. That LeBron's done with Space Jam 2. He's available. Um, okay. Yeah, let's talk book. Like I said, Memories of Ice up to chapter 15. I've got... I don't remember where this is. So I don't know if this is actually at the beginning of this section. Okay. Yeah, that's fine. Whiskey Jack and Rake and Andamander Rake are now buddies. Mm-hmm. Official BFFs. Mm-hmm. Love this. Yeah. The the camaraderie there, the banter is so good. Mm-hmm. I really hope that 
And I, and I think that they do. I really hope that they're like confident enough to embrace it. Both of them. Mm -hmm. Cause Mm -hmm. I don't want like whiskey Jack to be like, uh, I really like him, but I don't want to like put myself out there. Right. Like he's not going to send him a text being like, Hey, you want to hang out this weekend? Because he's like, yeah, he's a little intimidated maybe. Right. I want them both to take the plunge. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's tough though. Because there's clearly also a thing with Coward and Brood where, like, they're pretending to be kind of at odds, but, like, behind the scenes there's, like, huge chemistry between the two of them. The Coward and Brood and which one? Of them? Rake and Rake, sorry. Yeah. Because, like, they have that big conflict out in the open and everyone's like, oh, shit, what's gonna happen? And then they get back in their tent and they, like, clasp hands and they're like, nice, dude, we totally crushed that right so i think there's a there's a little get all three together (laughs) honestly i would love that i would love for all three of them to just be the squad (sighs) honestly i think that three i'm trying to think if i would add anybody else to the squad that three is like pretty tight on its own it's a it's a good three Oh, yeah, I'm trying to think who else would be. I feel like Krupp would have had the, like, Krupp might be good in the squad, you know? (laughs) I think that Krupp would have to dial it down. He is a bit Because don't get me wrong, I love Krupp. Yeah. But, like, to be a part of this, I want him to keep some amount of his energy, Mm -hmm. but just, like, make it a little bit more reasonable. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, yes, yes. I think the Krupp I want to see in the squad is the Krupp that, like, kind of lets his hair down a little bit. You know, he's kind of playing up this, like, goofy guy to mask his true power. And I want him to kind of tone down the goof a little bit and just be more of, like, like lean more into the just being powerful. Like, among the squad, Krupp's like, I don't have to put on this face for these folks. Like, I am this person who's kind of silly and goofy but it's not to the level that i'm usually going off on yeah exactly right like you're safe here crap yeah exactly he doesn't have to perform for this squad he just is he gets to be himself you know i i think that's true i throughout the course of this episode maybe i'll come back to this because i'm sure that there are others who would be great in this group yes but but i don't want to stall to to think of them Okay, yeah, I'm I'm here for that. I think something I want to talk about 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 the book in general. Okay, way darker than anything we have read so far. I, we thought the last book was dark, Luke. <laughs> this thing is so bad. Like things are so bad here. Specifically, the just the one empire. The right? the religious cult in this place yeah. is so much worse than the religious cult of the whirlwind, right? For sure. Like, so much worse. Like, way like too much, y'all. We've we've said this a lot. This one is way too. I uh, this way too much. <laughs> it's definitely, it's definitely too much. <laughs> I want to be clear though. I think that the book overall is not as dark as the previous one. Yeah. In terms I, of like mm-hmm. mood. Yeah, I agree with you. Yes. But the the Panion Domen or whatever it's yeah. called. Yeah. Is 
very terrible by and like outstrips a lot of other things that we've seen by a lot right might be like the worst might be like the very bottom for sure the very bottom okay I think the, okay yeah. so <laughs> since we're here since we're here i don't have a ton to say about this uh-huh but the child of the dead seed thing yeah yeah is rough <laughs> And I, that's, I guess that's it. I, okay. My thing about this, this might be a little bit too detailed. Oh no. So, cause I have a question, Luke, because what they're saying is like, when a dude is dying, one of the things that happens is he just ejaculates. That's like part of the death process. I, okay. I don't think that it says... I don't think it's like pooping your pants. Right. This is what I'm trying to figure out. Are they like, so it's because from my reading, it was a bodily function that they had no control over. And these women were just like taking advantage of that. So I think it's for sure induced. Okay. Against the will of the, of these like dying dudes. Okay. Right. I see. But Uh, I don't think it's, like, going to happen anyway. Right. This is what I'm trying to figure. Essentially, Luke, the question I'm asking is, when I die, am I going to blast off one more time with, like, against my will? I'm no expert, but I don't think so. Okay. I'm hoping not. I'm hoping not. But, okay. That, That makes me feel a little bit better. Granted, it makes me feel, like, terrible about the situation. Right. right about the situation of the book like <laughs> oh man <laughs> it seems i can't tell does it like okay past done with the details of it mm-hmm. does it give people's like the child does it do they have some form of power like the the first one that's kind of a leader seems like he has something going on mm-hmm. and that seems odd to me I mean, okay. First of all, Luke, this is a fantasy book with magic. So, like, yeah, I think it does give them power. Like, I think that's true. I think it just does because, you know, I feel like Hood. I feel like this is Hood busting a nut, you know? So it's... Okay. I I guess... I don't know if we've heard if there's, like, a god that that this empire worships or anything Mm -hmm. but if it's anything like the other groups it seems like maybe the god there's some god that like this is how it how it pushes their magic into the world right poor choice (laughs) i would argue doesn't deserve worship um right i I, it's a it's just a bad luck It's it's a bad luck it's a pr disaster well, it's a thing where it's like the first the first few folks who are getting into it. How are you convincing anyone to join? How are you like, right. hey, so we're going to join this cult where we're roving the countryside without any food or supplies <laughs> looking for people to eat. And if a dude goes down on the ground and is going to die, we're going to rape him and then have his baby. Right. I think that there's some form of madness or like magic 
mm, that like has coercion. taken over the like peasants mm-hmm. that are following mm-hmm. because I agree um it's a tough sell to join the tennis tennis gallery yeah the peasant army and so I I assume that there's some form of magical coercion going on okay okay like the seer is kind of pulling the strings a little bit mm-hmm well, it does seem odd that like Talk the Younger is not under any influence of it. Right. If there is some kind Well, cuz he like maybe it's like there's only a few of them that are magically coerced, right? Like this person has found the leaders of these friend groups and has like convinced ooh. them that this is a great idea and all the like, you know, the five other friends that they hang out with regularly are like, I don't I wouldn't normally do that, but Harold is wild and I don't want to be left out of the fun. So, right. They did like some data mining, got, got some Facebook data and figured out who to target. Right. They sent some fake news their way and then, Oh, look at that. They're eating people and raping corpses. I think that that could be it. I, not to, not to draw any, correlations um but anyway very dark (laughs) yeah super dark (laughs) the seer doesn't seem great i we get a little insight that there's like this the being inhabiting the seer and also the like body of the original old man not really sure what's going on there Mm -hmm. but very intriguing very intriguing (laughs) I do like that the Talana Moss heard the name Panion and were like, that's our boy. <laughs> it just, if you're a Jag Hut that's like trying to take over the world and like there's a large army of undead soldiers that are specifically trying to kill you and you and like your kind yeah i don't know if i'm choosing the obvious name you're saying maybe change your name if there's a right big group of people trying to genocide you constantly right i feel like that's a good point although maybe he's like owning it maybe he's like yeah come get me like for a long time he didn't go by this name but then he built up his power. Now he's okay. got 300,000 peasants running around eating people. And he's like, you know what, Tony Moss? Come at me. I'm here. Do something. It could be. I think that for sure has Poe. Mm-hmm. That he's just, it's kind of a challenge. Yes. Yes. He also maybe like didn't reveal it himself. You know, he could have been outed. Like maybe he had some folder like some papers or something and he was walking into work one day and they like fell out of his briefcase and somebody was like wait a minute is this your real name <laughs> i i love this idea that this this leader of this horrifying nation where everyone is like <laughs> everyone is like under some weird spell <laughs> the leader is not able to like change the name no 
He's on his way to the DMV, and he's he's trying to get his name changed. He's like, I really don't love that name. But the bureaucracy is just like, it's too long. I've got one more thing. I've got one more thing specifically about Talk and his whole situation with this crew. And then we can move on from the cannibals. And my question is, how, how does Talk turn down the human meat to people who are like, hey, you want to join us? We've got this thigh here. It's looking very good. You want to nom on this? You want to start gnawing on these bones? How is Talk going to be like, uh, actually, I'm vegetarian? Looking around, like, hoping nobody calls him out as, like, not one of us. <laughs> right. here. Okay, here's, the, I think, the genius that is probably accidental of Talk's position. Mm-hmm. All of the, like, it's not a civilized, round-the-fire, like... Everyone gets a portion. Yes, system, yes. Right? You, If you want a piece, you have to, like, fight for it, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So, so talk just doesn't fight for it. And then over time, people are, like, kind of starting to notice that he hasn't eaten it. But by then, he has one eye that looks like a wolf's eye. Right. He hasn't eaten at all, and he hasn't spoken. At that point, it's like, that guy has got something going on, and I respect it. No, I don't you know respect I mean? it. I'm intimidated by it. I'm over here. Exactly. Eating... You're not going to call him out. No, I am going to call him out because it's like, I'm over here chewing on some guy's foot, and you won't do it because you think you're better than us? No. Eat the foot. <laughs> I love the idea of the, the tennis gallery having this pride. <laughs> well, no, yeah, it's just like clearly nobody wants to be eating people you're not doing it how come you feel like you're better than us to not eat people eat a foot i've got the left foot right here put it in your damn mouth sure i'm pissed i'm over here eating feet (laughs) i'm calling him out i don't care if he's got a wolf eye okay that's fair that's fair call out (laughs) I think that's a good point. Tough to imagine being in this situation, but um, yeah, yeah. For sure, Tog the Younger is looking suspicious. I want to go to our sol- our like little group of soldiers that has gone into the, the Bargast mm. group. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> the, the first small thing that I want to acknowledge is is one of the the women soldiers legit beats Hedge's ass? Yeah, <laughs> for a joke, like really hurts him. <laughs> right, like he could he could die. She hurt him. She so knocks badly. him out. Yeah, breaks his jaw. I think that there's a sense that it's because he made a little jibe at her, and she kind of has a crush on him, and it's like too much. We got to get some discipline here. We can't have our soldiers very badly injuring each other. Piranda's over here just not even like criticizing or punishing this. Piran's not there. Oh, is this before he arrives? So there's two groups. One of them is actually there at the Bargast camp. 
Another one's like on the way, and they're bringing Mallet, uh, Hedge, and this squad. And this the squad that's traveling there doesn't have Captain Peron, uh, but they have the the guards kind of from the very beginning when they were at that crossing. Yeah, um, those are the folks who are there, and the person who's in charge I can't remember her name. It's like I want to say Pickle, but it's not Pickle. <laughs> Anyway. Well, either way, but she, some repercussions. she acknowledges that like things are kind of falling apart. She just doesn't do anything about it. She's like, oh, it seems man, bad. things are really things are really rough out here. These are not this is not going to last if they, if this keeps happening. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, you're the one to stop it. You're you're it. I kind of get it that they're like all expecting to die. Mm hmm. And it's like, well, at that point, we might as well beat each other up. But. No. What do you mean? We might as well beat it. No. (laughs) Stop. That's like literally the opposite of what you should be doing. I know. I know. Um, We're getting a lot of takes about how the Malazan army is like super good for X reasons. Mm -hmm. And they seem bad. Um. Yeah, we've seen very little of them actually, like, crushing it. Like, we've seen groups of them doing well. For example, with, like, Coltane, there was a group of, like, Marines that did super well with him and his whole deal. And, you know, obviously the bridge burners seem to be very good. There's, like, a whole other big army out there, right? They haven't really done... Maybe the army is, though, like the Wiccan soldiers and stuff like that. You know, like, we're, we picture all these groups as separate, but maybe that is what the army is. Like, the Wiccan horse riders are part of the Malazan army and, and all this stuff. You know what I mean? Right. I, th- I mean, I think that they are, like, part of the army. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I think that there's a chance that the Malazan, like, military prowess is overrated. Mm. But I'm purely basing this off of, like, small little interactions of the chaos mm-hmm. within, like, certain art. Like, in the first book, when Peron first comes to join up, yeah, <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, like, all the captains get murdered every couple weeks. What? right and they don't seem to care at all about it yeah let's see yeah very bad i would say quite bad it's just life in the army my dude just life just life in the army speaking of peron Mm -hmm. when he first gets introduced to this group or i don't know if it's when he's first getting but someone's perspective of him and i think the rest of the soldiers perspective of him is still like a green Nobleborn captain. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just, from our perspective, I get why they think that. Mm-hmm. But from our perspective, I think that that's hilarious. Yes. No, I agree. Every every time someone brings up the fact that he's nobleborn, it's it's absurd. It's absurd when we right. know like what he's been through. Right. Every, yeah. They're like he has no experience. <laughs> uh, he kind of sucks. <laughs> it's just a funny perspective. That I'm waiting for, like, someone to get 
like reality slam down mm-hmm. on them in some satisfying way over like who Peron is and what's been going on with him. But I don't quite see how that's going to happen uh, because like no one really knows a ton. Right. But here's the thing, Luke, not only does he have a lot of experience, right? Like he has seen a lot of shit and done a lot of crazy stuff that a lot of these soldiers would have never realized. He is the master of the deck of dragons. We talked about this last episode. He seems to have immeasurable power right now. So I'm excited to see him just like, I I don't know, pull out a deck of cards and like do a card trick or something and everyone be like, oh shit. (laughs) How did he do that? That was my card. Love Love that that's the example you chose. I do I I do want to see what exactly his like power is when he embraces it. Right. Like what is he going you know, through like, all the Crohn's disease for? Right. Like are we getting is he playing a game of cards? You know what I mean? He gets dealt into one of Fiddler and Hedge's like ridiculous games that has no specific rules. Oh wait, was that Krupp? No, it was the it was the Malazan. Okay, the he, like bridge burners. Yeah, he gets dealt into one of those games and like wins, and they're like, "Uh, what? What just <laughs> happened?" Well, but like, if he plays one of these games, yeah, I don't know how the games go, but let's say let's say they're playing a game of war. Oh sure, you know, a classic. And he throws out uh, High King of Shadow. Mm-hmm. And then, like, one of the other guys throws out, like, I don't know, one of the other ones. Are they fighting now? (laughs) You know what I mean? You're saying, can someone control the gods in this world by playing a game using the deck of dragons? Not someone, Piran. Oh, can Piran. You're asking if Piran is like Yugi from Yu-Gi-Oh. Yes. Exactly. Where if he gets in a duel, it's like real. Right. Oh, I don't know. We've we've yet to see him do something with the deck of dragons. So we got to experiment, buddy. It is going to be wild, though, when he finally decides it's time to duel, you know? For sure. Yeah, I really want to see what he can do after suffering constantly. Because we hear all about how he's really struggling and he's just in constant pain. And like, yeah, that's important. But like, at a certain point, I'm kind of tired of it. <laughs> I get it. It's important. He's constantly in pain. How How is that benefiting you, though? I want to hear how, how it's giving him power. Right. Like, he, he seems to be denying the power that he has been given Mm -hmm. right and that's the cause of the pain at least that's my read on it Mm. i feel like you could accept the power and just kind of like not do a ton with it if that was your if that was your your game i see what you're saying you know what i mean i see you're saying like actually just doing david blaine magic tricks right instead of like changing the fate of the universe using the deck right like if you get superman's powers it would be nice of you to like take on a ton of responsibility, but mm-hmm. you don't have to. 
Right. You could still be Clark Kent. Like, there's nothing stopping yeah. Superman from just being Clark Kent forever. Exactly. I think the problem here is potentially, like, power changes almost everybody in this world. Like, we saw when our gal became the whirlwind lady. Mm-hmm. How the, like, she had to make a deal with the goddess to do that. And, like, there is, like, a cost for power in this world. Sure, sure. And I guess we just don't know what his is going to be yet. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, if we keep reading about these stomach ulcers, I'm going to start saying it's worth it. <laughs> Whatever that cost. They're bad. They're bad. No fun. <laughs> no fun at all. No fun at all. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about the the burial practices in this universe. Okay. Because we've seen with like basically every culture, they do something with their dead um, to try and keep them, well... Some of them are doing like what I would say is a good job. Like the Bargast, for example, seem to be trying to actually contain their dead in a meaningful way. Everybody else is just piling up the bodies and covering it with dirt and saying like, like brushing their hands off and saying job done. And the like level of spirits that there are in this world makes that seem super irresponsible. (laughs) right this is a very good point um for one thing we're seeing a lot of mass graves (laughs) too many i'll say too many definitely (laughs) i'll say too many and the problem with this though is i can't tell if the spirit well okay i feel like a lot of times the spirits are like on your side right with the bar gen- gas, like, that's generally. true. Yeah. So the bar gas have taken it on themselves to restrain their spirits. But it doesn't surprise me that other people have not. Mm, you're Cause saying because like, they're counting dis- on them being powerful yeah. and on their side. Right. Okay. Okay. Maybe. But they also seem incredibly unpredictable. Like, it seems like there's a reason the Bargast have little traps. And it's because their spirits are kind of wild. They just kind of do stuff. Mm -hmm. And so if I'm, like, you know, trying to entice some people to come visit the beautiful mountains by my clan. And tourists are getting snatched up by zombies whenever they come onto my land. That's not a good look true plus like in the last book the wiccans were able to like use the spirits right right and it didn't seem like they were their own spirits no no they they raised the corpses of those zombies at that ford to fight for them this is a good this is a good point we got to be we got to be doing something we need a procedure we need a process to like once you're dead you're done, okay? We're we're taking you out. It's no more. <laughs> Everyone's got to agree that once you're dead, you're done. Yeah, I think so. 
I think so too. I think so too. I don't think that it's sustainable to like put an upside down tree on everyone. Cause that seems to be what the bar guests are doing. Right. Right. It seems like it wouldn't like, it seems kind of primitive of a solution. Also, when you think about the fact that like, there's just going to be way more dead people eventually than living people. Like we're going to run into a serious issue. Like this is not a sustainable thing to, to have in, in our world where like the dead people make spirits that are just very dangerous. Eventually your whole, your whole country is going to be upside down trees. Right. We need to get on some technology on how to get control of the growing spirit population. Right. We need to bring in like the Ghostbusters or something to have like a grid that they can store the ghosts think, in. Right. I think that's good. I think that's a good crossover. Mm-hmm. You mentioned, I think, last book that you wanted to see more of the merchant caravan <laughs> that like that takes on these crazy contracts. And like I we're seeing a tiny bit, not like the inner workings of it, but it's wild to me that this caravan is taking on contracts at all. It's a, it seems like a terrible business investment. I mean, if they're getting paid, you know what I mean? We don't know what they're okay. getting paid and how much they're getting okay, paid. Okay, but like a third of them die every time. In a horrible way, too. In a really bad, horrible way. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's very then, it's very different from how we saw them in the last book where they just seem to be so in control and just crushing it. Right. I think that the incentives the way that they have like economically set up the incentives for this is a little bit twisted. Mm. And it's and it's why people are willing to do it. I think that like everyone is a shareholder. Mhm. Right? Like it's a co-op. Yeah. So, like, the more people that die, the bigger the shares. <laughs> this is the pirate. I'm... This is like the pirate paradox, you know? Right. Where like, so everyone thinks that, like, they're going to come out on top. I mean, that's how the carriage keeps rolling, Luke. Man. That's how they keep moving. It's I, their, their turnover ratio has got to be incredible. Yeah, it's got to be pretty high. I mean, I imagine in a normal year, it wouldn't be, though, right? I imagine normally they're just, like, pretty effective. Okay. However, no one is hiring them for normal, like, things, right? Yeah, but, like, they've still got to have business. Like, they wouldn't exist if people didn't hire them when the Warrens weren't just, like, constantly on fire. Okay, that's, yes, they, I, ag- I agree with they you They didn't there. suddenly pop up when they were like, you know what's a good business idea? Going through, f- like, Warrens that are on fire and actively trying to murder us to deliver Tootsie Rolls. Right. But I, I, I kind of thought that their main, their, like, main business was dangerous trips you're right so like this one may be one of the most dangerous Mm -hmm. because the warrens are broken but is there uh, well actually here's my question Mm -hmm. 
Are the rates variable and who sets them? They've got to be. They've got to be. And I say, I'm, I'll bet, I'm betting the guild sets them. Like, I'm sure they're giving these people hazard pay. You know, none of them signed up for this. It's unusual circumstances and it's way more dangerous than it normally is. They're getting hazard pay, you know, no question. <laughs> they're getting hazard pay. I, w- I will say that they all signed up for this um, because I think that it's like a con- like they're taking the contracts as they go. Yeah. OK, that's that's probably actually true. But I'm sure but it's like, OK, OK, this route. Our main like avenue of getting there is poisoned and filled with blood so you're gonna have to pay for expedited shipping and it's gonna be uh five dollars more (laughs) oh yeah five (laughs) and we can't guarantee your goods won't get there covered in the blood of an elder god right so hopefully you like red it's a very interesting business model and i i Mirror what you said earlier. I want to see the inner workings. Mm-hmm. I want to see the finances. Let's get more in the weeds with this trade guild. I think we need to. Let's find the secretary that's like back in the office and he's like typing away uh, memos and filling out filling out the books, fig- figuring out how much to charge. Right. I want the actuary. Yes. Actually. Yes. Give me the actuary who's deciding... Like cost benefit analysis. What's your insurance plan? Yeah, this is an outstanding, uh, outstanding. The, pre- the premium's got to be high. <laughs> premium's got to be high. Um, this okay. is the story Let's we're looking on, for. <laughs> Thinking, okay, something that's just occurred to me. All of this crazy shit is happening with the Warrens right now. In our last book. Did anybody have a hard time accessing warrants? I don't know if we had any mages. I So I think that it's a location-based issue. Is it? Because the, I like feel something like... about the, the Panion domain mm-hmm. is like causing it. And it's within their sphere of influence. Okay. Okay. So you're saying that Like I know that the chained god is doing some kind of poison thing as well. Right. But I think the specific thing with these warrens is just in this area. Hmm. Okay. I was assuming it was like because we learned that like K Rule is the like the Warrens are his like blood vessels essentially. Right, he's a bit he's a big boy. He's a really big boy, and when you're using a warren, you're just like going through his body. Uh so I yeah, I had assumed it was like his whole deal is getting kind of fucked up right now. But it seems like it should well. But I don't yes. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not I, I don't think we're supposed to know yet. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that there's some relation with the chained god. Mm-hmm. Well, and uh, so we didn't really get anyone using a warren. I mean, occasionally there was a mage in the last book, 
but that that happened kind of later on as well so maybe this is maybe the timeline is a little bit different so it could either be that it's happening at a different time and it is like everywhere it's crazy or yeah it's very isolated like you were saying i feel like it's got to be more isolated to this continent that feels better to me Mm -hmm. so okay i'm into that i was just curious if like there were any scenes in the last book where it was like the warrens are all fucked up and nobody knows why and everybody's just like guessing everybody's just wildly like uh i don't know i had cornflakes for breakfast is that why (laughs) right i don't i don't recall anything like that i don't either yeah um i one thing that i just want to say about this first of all very interesting thing about about cruel being like the source of all magic Mm -hmm. what am i supposed to do with this apostrophe in his name I've been never going. have I had so much trouble with a four-letter name. I'm I'm loving K rule. K rule? Uh, okay. yeah, I'm into it. Why is it there? What are you doing? Okay, he's an old um, guy. Come on, Luke. He's, that's, that's how they used to use apostrophes. Mm-hmm. I want to talk about the House of Chains mm. that the Chained God has just uh, opened up. Some new real estate. Okay. I think that this is very interesting, but I don't understand it yet. Mm -hmm. For one thing, I don't know how you, like, start a house. Right. And I also don't know what, like, if you're already a god, what it does for you. And if you're, like, one of the cards Mm -hmm. i also don't know what that (laughs) yeah i don't think we have a lot of details about that my gut feeling is that it provides you more influence on like the mortal realm but it makes you more vulnerable as well Mm. so like the chained god is like decided he's grown in power to the point where he can finally put himself back out there. <laughs> Good for him. Mm-hmm. That's that's my gut check. I don't think it's been told to us yet what it does. Okay. Yeah, I I you're right though. It definitely hasn't been told to us told to us what it does. The specific thing that I was like curious about is when when they go to the high king yeah i forget his name and offer him the high king position Mm -hmm. which is convenient by the way yeah (laughs) no title change needed um i don't get what he i don't understand what he gets so yeah yeah i think i think he just gets the same thing that anybody with like an official title related to a god is and that's just like their god gives them some extra power. Oh, uh, I actually like this explanation. So you like, get a little stipend. Yeah, exactly. The god is like giving you a piece of their abilities. Okay. And like it's the same I don't know if that's true, but I like it. I like it as an explanation. And that's the vibe I was getting from like Opan as well with the coin and the card. Like they were flipping the deck of dragons and were like, oh, Opan's on the board. Mm-hmm. and um you know like rope was on the board 
and Rope was like possessing Sari. And so I feel like when you have a title in the house, you get a piece of the god's power, the Warren's power that is that house. Sure. Because otherwise, yeah, why is anybody why is anybody joining any of these fraternities? Right, the hazing rituals are tough. It's ridiculous. Specifically about our first member of the House of Chains, that Jag Hut boy. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite scenes that we've seen so far is he the Jag Hut is serving Hood. And he shows up to the mortal sword and is like, hey, dude, you want to team up? And the mortal sword is like, not interested. And the jaghead is like, wait, let me tell you my story. And the mortal sword is like, definitely not interested in that. And the jaghead is like, oh, what? Hold on. It was going to be dope. <laughs> Are you kidding me? That was really funny. I was loving that. And when he just like hits him with his sword and is like, get out of here. Right. Nobody wants you around. <laughs> Give me the confidence of this guy. Outstanding. Like, to just, for, like, okay. <laughs> the herald of the god of death steps out of a portal. And, like, to have the confidence to not even care who or what he is, but to, like, smack him in the face with your sword is I just we haven't really seen him do a ton Mm -hmm. but uh, there's got to be some earned confidence in there somewhere oh for sure for sure I'm curious to see if we're gonna get a scene where they're starting to get overrun in the city and he's like okay it's time for me to actually get out there and fight now now watch this, you guys. Check this out. And he just like decimates the army. You know what I mean? Right. Hey, he and our boy Gruntle, mm. great name, mm-hmm. are going to be a dynamic duo. Absolutely. Calling it now. Um, because, right, okay, so they both, I guess Gruntle now un- unwittingly serves Treach, I think, is the name of the like tiger mm-hmm. god, mm-hmm. who is also the he's like the tiger of summer. Yes. Whereas the mortal sword is serving the like boar of summer. Right. It seems like when one goes up, the other goes down. Mm-hmm. But one of them does say that they don't think that that's true. So I. I'm ready for a little team up here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's stop being competitors. Let's start being cooperators. Right. Right. I think that that should be the natural way of boars and tigers. Um, right. The boars find all the yummy mushrooms and the tigers eat the little annoying pigs. Yeah. The ones that the Classic. boars don't want around anymore but can't do anything about. Cle- clearly the natural order of things right yeah (laughs) but like okay i i want to talk about gruntle for a second actually Mm -hmm. i love that he hasn't done like anything the whole time Mm -hmm. and then stani the the like other caravan guard 
just those kind of a a, th- a casual throwaway line, right? Like kind of at the end. It's like, yeah, he's like the best fighter I've ever seen. <laughs> and then he goes out and crushes it. I thought that was a good little, little, I don't know what the word is. Like immediate foreshadowing. Mm. Because I got hyped when she said that he was the best fighter I've ever seen. And it was like immediately rewarded. Yes. Yes. Like the the reveal kind of but not quite a reveal but yeah yeah yeah. i know what you mean like very exciting when we learned that i was very into it i agree uh i found it a little odd like how upset he got that one of his buddies died because like yes you're a caravan guard and like normally it's pretty chill but also like you're getting in fights you're definitely getting in fights. Mm. That's why there are guards. So, like, occasionally folks are gonna, you know, gonna die. Right. And he, it just seemed like he was, he was like, didn't think he would ever recover from his good friend, his good, like, long armed friend dying. Right. I mean, it does seem like this is not an out of character thing for him Mm -hmm. to just be kind of a, I don't know, like not reliable, I guess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I didn't think it was that strange. Okay. I guess that's fair. We don't, we don't know a ton about, about him actually now that I think about it, but okay. Yeah, that's, that's fair. That's fair. Okay. Something that was strange though. And I want to go back to, like, the beginning of this section. Sticking with this crew that's in Kapustan or Kapuistan or whatever this place is. The Shield Anvil. Itkovian. They're out riding horses and they encounter one of these, like, velociraptors with swords attached. Mm -hmm. And he does an attack... And feels his horse, like, stumble and, like, doesn't look down, is just like, you know what, this horse is done, I'm gonna, and he jumps off the horse while he's jumping it off, cuts the horse's neck, then looks behind to see what the issue was with the horse. Did that seem a little quick to you? Did that seem a little hasty to murder the horse? It was, it was fast. Yes, I do remember this and noting it. Um, <laughs> it's also like a lot, clearly a lot of experience with having injured your own horse. Right. It's like, this guy knows how to do this. <laughs> Don't, if I'm a horse, do not put me under Itkovi and the shield bearer because every week it's a new horse with this guy. He goes out with a plan in case he has to murder me. No, I'm not going to. I'm not doing it. He's like. Also, no, no, <laughs> no room for error for the horse. No, the horse just like starts walking weird and the dude jumps off and cuts its neck. What? Right. I, I, I'm, I'm sure that some, that our horse expert crowd is going to tell us. That it was a good thing. Um, right. However, they do this at the Kentucky Derby all the time. It's a standard process. All, all the time. Um, 
you got to be nervous if you're the horse. It's like, hey, buddy, that was just a stumble. It's fine. Uh, I just got a little spooked. A little uneven ground for a moment. Yeah, yeah. There was some gravel. Dude, it was gravel. (laughs) Meanwhile, he's got the knife out. These things, these horses don't grow on trees, buddy. No, no, um, they definitely since, don't. Since you brought up the velociraptors with arms, mm-hmm. with swords for arms, they yeah. are sorry, sword with swords for arms. They are a like specific, I guess, class or something uh-huh. of this ancient species. Mm-hmm. Do. <laughs> Do you think that when this species was around, Mm -hmm. they ever looked around at their bodies and were like, are we the baddies? (laughs) Because if I'm born with swords for arms, Uh I'm going to be like, I I don't think we should be around here. (laughs) Right. Like you're not using those for painting. Right. You cannot be a, like, society that's good for, I don't know, the general world if you just have swords for arms. Mm. You know, I haven't actually seen this movie, but I think that's the premise of Edward Scissorhands. Not sure, though. Ooh. Okay, okay. Do you think that there's evolution though are you asking if i think these velociraptors with swords for arms started by just being normal velociraptors and then one day one of them was born with maybe little tiny swords mm-hmm. and they yes, just that's what i'm asking they just bred that one to a crazy degree right i mean it doesn't necessarily have to be like intentional breeding I don't know, dude. If I'm a velociraptor and a lady velociraptor, instead of arms, has little butter knives, that's kind of hot. That's a good look. True. Really says something about the culture, though. Mm -hmm. I'll say that. Mm -hmm. You know what? I'm glad they're gone. We all are. The founding race is... We've got one with swords for arms and one that are genocidal maniacs so two out of four not great so far so far yeah the jag huts seem cool but i've only seen a few of them yeah and the few we've seen have been like pretty messed up by their circumstances it sounds like right through potentially no fault of their own right right we still don't know why the talana moss was like so into killing them so maybe i'm not gonna say there was a good reason maybe there was a reason that we just don't know yet right right um okay i i want since we haven't really talked about her i just want to say lady envy uh very entertaining mm. mm-hmm. and yeah. i don't have a ton on her I think the casual but, degree that she's able to control these like extremely powerful warriors is impressive. It's very impressive yes. and very fun to see. I do think her interactions with Tuck the Younger are also very funny. Yes. 
<laughs> I agree. I agree. I have a question. These three folks from the Fighting Island. The Segula. Yes. Were they... Were they... I can't remember. Were they just the emissaries? Or were they the, like, the force that they sent to go fuck shit up? Oh, yeah. This was actually power move on these guys because this is the army that they sent. (laughs) This is the... I think they call it the punitive army. Yes. So they sent three dudes to punish the people that have been invading them. (laughs) And... That's incredible. I, I, we know very little about this society, and I'm sure it has its pretty bad, terrible things that it, it gets up to, but I kind of love them. <laughs> I love them because what they didn't they send? So there were a bunch of the people from the, the seer that were sent there trying to convert them, and they would just murder them. And then they asked yeah. him to like declare war on them, didn't they? They asked who to declare war on. Didn't they ask the seer to declare war on them? I don't quite remember. I think they did. Because when Talk the Younger is meeting with the seer, he's like, oh yeah, those those sword boys who asked me to declare war on them are with Lady Envy? Oh, uh-oh. Like, they like, I, I feel like they did. They sent a message and were like, come at us bro please come Mm. fight us and then when he didn't they were like fine we'll take the war to you right well because they were just like sending a ton of evangelists yes (laughs) yes and the secular were like (laughs) through one way or another we're like hey stop and they just kept going and then, like, it's it's interesting to me because the seer seems to, like, get mad at them for continuing to murder mm-hmm. the evangelists. And, like, sure, murder's bad, but at some point you got to take responsibility for continuing to send them. Mm-hmm. I don't think that you can be mad at anyone but yourself at this point. Well... I don't think he really cares about the murdering part of of these things because he seems to be fine with a lot of questionable behavior. I think he's more upset that they didn't convert to his whack religion. Like, I don't think he was legitimately like, oh, I really miss Jerry, the the evangelist. No, for sure. For sure. I don't know. It's just like, buddy, it's not going to work. Clearly not going to work. Right, they're like, they're much more interested in in battle with you. I feel like after the third one, you've got to stop, right? Like, I'm not mad. Well, okay. It's clear that this is who the Segular are, and they're not, like, changing. Right. Because you've sent some hungry boys over. So, like, why are you, it's just, it's just dumb to be mad at them. You know what I mean? You're saying it's like it's like being mad at a bear or a wolf or something. Right. Like they're just doing what they do. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I well, to be fair though, uh no, I think it's ridiculous. Seer, there's nothing good about him. Agreed. Agreed. I'm glad he's dead. Or 
maybe he's dead. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, hopefully soon, Luke. Hopefully we get some more details about what's going on with the Warrens. Because this is crazy. What's up with this deck, huh? What's going on with this deck? Where's Captain Pran's power, okay? What is it? We got to find out. So stick with us. Next uh, next quarter of the book, next week, we'll be, we'll be here with hot takes. It's still being dumb nerds. <laughs> <laughs>